Uh, my name is Warwick Finsale. I'm the Director of External Engagement at the, the Business School. And it's my pleasure to welcome you all to our International Business School Seminar, Business School Student Webinar. Um, unfortunately, the Dean, Professor uh, Peter Robertson, couldn't be with us this evening. Um, Peter's really busy with our Equus accreditation uh, submission. So Equus, of course, is an international group that uh, helps business schools maintain certain quality uh, standards. Um, and so uh, that's, that's a process, uh, a re-accreditation process that we're going through at the moment. And that's just off the back of a recent visit by the AACSB, who sent a panel to review our standards and our qualities uh, and our quality uh, a few weeks ago. Um, the AACSB, also an organization that looks after an international global organization that's based in the US, that looks after the um, or helps business schools with their international standards. Um, and that panel gave us very positive feedback. So um, we're getting very good feedback from those international organizations. So the reason why I'm telling you all this is because I'm trying to demonstrate that international accreditation, inter international standards is very important to the business school. We like to think of ourselves as globally relevant delivering an internationally competitive standard of business education. And actually our vision in the business school is to be one of the most influential business schools in Australia and Asia, right? So of course we try and make sure that uh, the content that we deliver in our classrooms is of a global standard and is globally relevant because we know that a lot of our students are gonna be operating and trying to find work in a globally competitive uh, environment. Um, and we'll be looking for work all over the world uh, as well. Uh, so part of that is, is making sure that our courses are, are have a global, a strong global perspective and, and are at a global standard. But of course, we also know that it's important to have international students in our classrooms as well. A, because we think those students would uh, be interested in our um, our top global content and programs, but also we think it's important for our Australian students to interact with a international cohort so that they can learn what those different global perspectives are and, uh, and learn to interact with people from all different cultures. We do know, however, that um, as an international student, um, the, the, uh, the global employment landscape is very competitive and and if you looking for work overseas or perhaps returning home uh, offshore and then trying to find work that it can be quite difficult especially if your network is is based in perth or or you've you've built up a, a sort of australian based network and so we've gathered a panel this evening um, of of uh, ex-students of, of our alumni uh, who are from uh, Perth, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, India, and China, to give you some hints and tips on, on how to access that, that global job market. But before we, we talk uh, to our panel, um, I, I, we, we've got to talk by Ray, uh, a brief presentation from Ray Chard Wong, 
who's uh, an ex-BCOM student. Um, Ray majored in economics and business law, and then went on to do a master's in public policy. Ray, I'm a bit disappointed that you didn't study accounting, but um, I'm prepared to forgive you um, because I know how interesting uh, economics is as well. Uh, so Ray is an ex-vice president of our Singapore Student Society and, and an ex uh, or current, sorry, uh, UWA alumni ambassador in Singapore. And Ray's currently working at Twitter. He's been there since 2019, and he is the current uh, policy specialist uh, for legal policy, um, uh, I'm assuming in the Singapore office. So Ray, thank you very much for your time, and uh, I'm gonna hand over to you. Uh, thank you, Warwick. Um... Yeah, accounting was one of my worst subjects. I wasn't really good at it. So obviously I didn't pursue it. Uh, my partner is in an accounting firm now. So yeah. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Ray Chad. You can call me Ray. Um, my background is Greece, I believe, but I'm currently in Singapore. Um, I'm, I'm a policy uh, specialist, but now we've been uh, reorged. So I'm a senior associate um, and I write and enforce policies and make the internet a bit safer every single day. Um, I like Chicho Gelato. If you've been to, if you're in Perth or you, you're going to Perth, try out Chicho Gelato. I really like that. I really like esports and preventing online harms. Um, you might ask if I knew what I wanted to do when I graduated or when I grew up or when I too was sitting here um, attending one of these talks. And I'll tell you, no, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I, I only knew what my peers wanted to do. They wanted to get into investment banks. They wanted to get in big four consulting firms. And perhaps many of them still do want to get into these. Um, and I never thought that tech firms would hire business school graduates. I always thought that was for the STEM students, um, people who are technologically, um, you know, who studied technology or studied IT or really good with the math or engineering skills. Um, however, what I've come to realize is that all firms operate the same way. They have their HR department, they have their marketing department, sales, finance, sales planning. Um, and I started in operations, specifically at operations. Operations is pretty niche. Um, it has nothing to do with what I studied. Um, and basically what it is, is I help firms get the ads onto the platform. And then um, ads are being served to users of a platform. Um, so any of you who see an ad, yeah, it's served to you. You might buy something and this is how you help uh, the platform stay free. Um, so I got my first role um, doing ad operations at Twitter through a connection I made in university. Um, this person who introduced me to role was someone I worked with at the student guild and they were a year ahead of me. Um, and when I came back to Singapore and they knew that I was looking for a job, they linked me up. It was pretty straightforward. Um, however, there is a big mismatch between what I studied in university and what I was doing. Uh, I didn't care much for revenues or sales. And so after about eight, nine months, I switched. I switched to a role where I was able to employ the skills I picked up at uni. Skills like analytics, policy writing, stakeholder management, task prioritization, things I learned through my time in clubs and societies um, and when I interacted with my peers um, in my units. Um, quite luck, quite serendipity, serendipity, or I don't know, whatever you will, but this was a great match for me and I really enjoy what I'm doing now. And I don't think I would have ended up here doing what I like if it wasn't for the connections I made in university. Um, you know, this sounds a lot like corporate jargon or like networking. And you might think this isn't really for me. I'm not thick skin. I'm not so chatty. But I say it's the deep connections you make with your peers. 
networking doesn't have to be inauthentic. It's just establishing connections with people you already know, people you're already working with. Um, and I recommend you to join a club or a society if you have the chance. Um, and this will help you reach out to many people um, and get to build your small network, people you like. Um, there are many international student reps positions in faculty societies if you have the chance. And I think this is a great way to get to know uh, more people and add to your CV. Um, if you have some chance, I also recommend you to do summer school during a winter break. Um, this is a great experience. I was at the LSE. Some people call it Let's See Europe. And it was really fun. I got to meet a lot of like-minded people. Um, and I got to lighten my load during the semester and pursue things I was interested in. And one thing to highlight, I guess, is that there's trade-offs in everything. Everything is a series of trade-offs. And it's important to figure out what you're passionate about and want to pursue. Um, it could be a hard skill like analytics. Um, it could be um, where you want to find patterns in things and try to solve problems. Maybe you can pick up Python or do R programming. Or you know, maybe you have a cost-based thing. You care about the environment. You care about protection against online arms. You care about cyber, cyber security. Um, go pursue that. And to summarize, I guess it's just three points. First one, join a club or society. It helps with networking. Um, and if you can't find something you're keen on, um, the university allows you to build your own club. Um, secondly, join, do summer school if you can. You get to meet people who, have, uh, who are interested in the same units as you are, and it's a chance to visit another country and free up some time in semester. And lastly, find out what you're passionate about. It can, you can either find work in the field or it's something that you can talk about in your future interviews. Um, and thank you. I'll hand over to Jacqueline. Great. Thank you so much, Ray. Really great to hear from you. What an exciting time to be working at Twitter. Um, and I, I think you've really provided that valuable insight to students on, you know, if you're not comfortable with networking, starting with a club or society at UWA helps you to build up uh, those skills within a safe and comfortable environment before you go ahead and get a role. So thanks again, Ray. Everyone uh, give him a thumbs up. So thank you all for joining me. Um, I am Jackie Gower. I'm a career advisor at the UWA Career Centre and I primarily work with uh, postgraduate students um, at the Career Centre. So we'd really like to support you uh, with your career development while you're at university. And I'd like uh, to introduce our fantastic panel uh, this evening of um, uh, at UWA International Student uh, Alumni. So I'll just ask uh, Eloise Bjorn, uh, just double check if everybody's on. Uh, Thank Tesh is here, thank you so much. And Albert and Jonah, I'd just like you each, each to introduce yourself and just uh, briefly uh, explain what you're doing now, what's your career pathway, how did you arrive there? And if when you were at UWA studying, is this where you are now, where you thought you'd be? Is your career pathway, was it a linear progression? Thank you. We'll start, we'll start off there with uh, Albert. Thank you. All right. Um, I'm calling from um, Indonesia. Um, my pathway is definitely very different compared to what I thought it's going to be. Um, back then, I thought on my pathway, my career pathway, I'll be in um, management consulting. But it's totally different, right? I couldn't get a job in consulting. Not smart enough, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I work in the um, 
the biggest co-op in Australia, in facing Western, Western Australia for, in Perth, uh, CBH Group, uh, in the strategy department before moving to Crown Resorts. And then I moved to Europe to um, pursue my MBA um, and also the US, uh, joined Airbus in the US, uh, sorry, in, in Spain, moved to Germany before moved back to Indonesia uh, before, well, basically during COVID times. But yeah, totally different compared to uh, what I thought it's gonna be. Great, thanks, Albert. That's really great. And uh, Jonah, if you wouldn't mind just um, following through with your introduce yourself. Thank you so much. Hello, um, my name is Jonah. I actually graduated back in uh, well, actually fairly recently in 2020, and I did a bachelor's in um, HR and marketing in commerce essentially. And right now I'm doing recruitment. It's adjacent to what I studied, and instead of marketing products and um, things right now, I'm instead helping people market their profiles and helping them get jobs instead. So very happy with where my career path has gone, even though it's slightly different from what I intended to do. Great, thanks, Eugenia. And Bjorn, what about what about you? Where are you based? Thanks, Jacqueline. Um, a bit of introduction about myself. I'm from Malaysia. My name is Bjorn, and I'm now a trainer. I'm the founder of Mastich Asia. So before we get started, okay, I found that. The student for this uh, this intake is slightly quieter. May I know where do you guys come from? Can you please type where you come from in the chat? Because I want the session to be a bit more interactive because you know everything is happening online right now. I hope everyone can be more interactive during the session so we can make it a more casual one. This might you know have it to be a trainer. So we want the session to be a bit more interactive. So uh, currently I'm a trainer, as I mentioned for Lazada, it's equivalent something like a you know, uh, eBay or Amazon in Australia is an e-commerce marketplace platform. So Lazada is actually one of my clients. So actually I I, I'm doing pretty much, uh, you know, uh, a lot of different businesses. I own my own uh, coffee brands. I have uh, managed clients for their marketplace, but I don't have, you know, a very exciting corporate experience like Albert do, you know, to travel around the world, you know, working for big corporates. Myself, actually, I started off uh, as an insurance agent, okay, in Malaysia. So that pretty much, you know, make my parents went crazy because they spent a lot of money for me to go to Australia, you know. When I came back to Malaysia, I decided to become an insurance agent. But end up, I went to Big Four, which is Eun San Yang as well, as an auditor, you know, just to, you know, uh, let my to comfort my parents a little bit but it didn't last long it just went half year and I went to you know uh, in a bank in Singapore it's a Singapore local bank and after that I jumped to a management consulting firm uh, it's a US-based management consulting firm and uh, after that I think after one one or two years or so I decided to you know do my own business which is uh, essentially in e-commerce as well as coaching and uh, manage clients account on the platform itself so that's a bit about myself and i i, I can't see any chat still on the uh on the, on the chat box so hopefully we all can have a bit more interaction uh in the session moving forward to make it you know more interactive and more interesting and make it a good one i'll pass it back to jacqueline 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bjorn. So I think that was really interesting that your pathway, you know, you've chosen your own pathway and that and that's something that you never could have envisaged when you're at university. Now you've sort of doing dual roles and then you for a short period did something to please your parents, which they would have been very happy and absolutely would love your chat. Um, so feel free, uh, please pop them in the chat and uh, we'll endeavour to answer your questions. So I'm just going to ask now, Eloise, what's your journey been uh, since UWA and um, where, where are you located today and what's your career pathway been? Yeah, all right. Thank you, Jackie. Yeah, so I'm in Eloise and I'm in Shanghai now and I'm home. So because we, I'm not quite sure if you heard about it, we have like a massive lockdown. So I've been home for a while already, but yeah. Happy to join today's session. Finally meet people from everywhere, from the world. Yeah. And so uh, my I was studying like being a master of business information and logistics management when I was studying at UW, Bay, and I graduated in 2019, which is I was lucky for the last batch, which never experienced Zoom <laughs> education before, right? So yeah. So looking back my journey in UWA, I would say, to be honest, like two years degree is not that long for me to experience everything, what the university will provide to me. But I would say I had experienced most what I had planned before I went to like Perth. And also like I'd experienced something even more beyond my imagination. So yeah, and also because I'm from Shanghai, it's quite like international and big city with like really a fast paced lifestyle. So I remember like the first day I arrived Perth, it was a bit of culture shock to be honest. It's like the city, whole city is really like chill, quiet and pretty like with full with like, na like natural stuff. So, and I was like, I didn't know like at that time how I'm going to survive here to be honest, like without like shopping more open like 24 hours and without getting stuff like anytime I want to. And it was like the logistics is like quite slow to be honest, but I managed to do it. And I think this is what the university and also like I was living in St. Catherine College. Both places are the great access for me to learn about Australian culture itself I know so not just like limited to Australian culture itself also like the culture from everywhere just from the world because I was able to meet people from uh, all around the world so I think uh, at at the beginning of like my studying UWA I was struggling with my speaking because I felt I was in speaking twice <laughs> it was yeah because I found it really hard to just do the test without just a practice in person. So, and living in like residential college, St. Catherine College does help me because I was able to just talk people whose uh, first language is English. And I was able to not just about uh, the fluence of the language itself and also about the, what the topics people are chat in different countries and in especially in Australia. So by the end, I was just like, making a group of people like with uh, with make friends with a group of people and also like we hang out together and also at the same time universities also provide me like multiple programs 
to boost my like confidence with like networking events or like some like common purpose like leadership program, which I was able to just like showcase myself and also learn from my peer. And I would say at the end of the like my uh, degree, uh, before I graduate, I I would say like I'm kind of like half Aussie already because I know what is netball and also I start watching footy with my mates and I became a fan of like free docker. It was quite like surprise for me and also like even for my friends around me who be with me all the time and see my the whole journey. Yeah. And I guess for and also um from the business side, it's we have like different cultures between China and Australia. And it's not just like in your daily life and also in the business worlds. And I, I would say the experience for me to study in Uruguay and also I had a chance to work in Perth does boost my confidence to working an international firm. Even now I'm back home, I'm working for a British uh, Chamber of Commerce in Shanghai. It's a sort of like organization which helped the British business and also whoever like interested in British business in China to do like make a connection and also like get into the marketplace in Shanghai or in China in general. So I would say, the whole experience for me in Perth and also in Utah did contribute quite a lot. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Eloise, and stay safe okay. there. And we, we <laughs> thank we, you. We, we feel privileged to join you at today while you're uh, at home lockdown. So it'd be great to hear now from uh, Venkatesh. So welcome, Venkatesh. If you wouldn't mind just uh, briefly explaining your UWA journey, your and where you're where you're located now, and and is has it been a linear career pathway? Thank you, Jacqueline, and my hello to all the fellow panelists, uh, the entire UWA team, and everyone in the chat room. Really happy to be seeing all of you. And when I started out doing my MBA from UWA in 2015, in 2016, I did not realize how it's going to change my life. Because the first day at UWA, I landed up at St. George's College, which you, if you've ever been to St. George's College, it's like a castle. If you've ever seen the Harry Potter movie, if you've seen the castle of Hogwarts, that's how St. George's College looks like. Never imagined that for one year of my life, I would be living in a castle. That's been such an amazing and thrilling and rewarding journey. But what I learned at the UWA program, MBA program, there was a specialization in leadership which no other business school across the world, I must have researched around 50 business schools, no business school offered this specialization in leadership. And that's what caught my attention. But when I joined the program, I knew nothing what leadership meant, how do you build leaders. But today, when I look back, today I'm a leadership coach. I'm a global leadership coach. I work with organizations across the world, with top leaders, executives in companies across the world. And if you asked me in 2016, whether I would become a leadership coach, I didn't even know that such a position or such a career existed. So this, doing this leadership program at UWA, sowed those seeds which have now become a plant and which can eventually become a tree in the future. 
So I won't say this journey was very linear, but the learnings I got, the people I met, the connections I made actually was working behind the scenes to help me bring out my full potential. So I'm currently in Hyderabad. I work remotely and I work with clients across the world and really excited to be here and uh, sharing this conversation with you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your uh, insight. Thank you, Tesh, and thank you for joining us from Hyderabad. So we really have a global audience and global speakers today, so that's fantastic. Uh, actually, you can't ask your Q&A in the, in the chat. The chat's off, but there are some questions in the Q&A, so please put them through the Q&A. And I'm just going to ask uh, Jonah if she... Uh, if uh, other than joining clubs, that was one of the questions, uh, if one of the panelists would like to respond, are there anything else that you would recommend to make the most out of UWA? So what was your experience uh, at UWA? Can I go, go first? Yes. Yeah. So what was told to us, like, my MBA director told this thing on the very first day of our MBA program. She said, don't consider UWA as your campus. Consider the entire city of Perth as your campus, because you are learning not just on the campus, but from the entire city. And what was encouraged is to go out, talk to these different business leaders and organizations across the city of Perth, have one-to-one -one meetings with them. And that's what inspired me. I started my own mini project that year. It was called 100 Coffee Dates, 100 Coffee Catch-Ups. And I made sure that over the year, I scheduled two or three coffee meetings with new people, strangers who have never met before, people who maybe look differently like me than me, who dress differently than me, who think differently than me. So that allowed me to bridge that cultural gap uh, and acquire those cross-cultural communication skills, which I otherwise would never have acquired just sitting in the classroom. So making that effort to go out and network consciously throughout the year, and not just before the end of the program, allowed me to make those year-long connections, which I'm still continuing with, which are very fruitful, very rewarding. So that's what I recommend you. Create a personal project and create a goal for yourself that uh, it, throughout your one-year program or two-year program, how many new people would you like to meet? And then go out and have a coffee or a lunch meeting with them. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. We will uh, try to answer all your questions as we're going through. So my next um, question is to Albert. Uh, how has your degree been beneficial to you? Um, and what was most valuable or, or you know, what was your uh, most uh, valuable learnings or experiences, Albert? Thank you for the great question. So I'm probably going to give another background about my career. I've been not only moving to different countries, but also different functions. Started in finance, moved to marketing, data science, uh, moved back to finance, and then moved back, to, well, not moved back, um, just recently just become a COO. So operation is totally different. The common red wine in here, um, it's basically the thinking process. It's what I've been learning a lot in UWA. Um, so I did pure mathematics, uh, basically it's like a puzzle, right? You, you have problems, you try to solve it. At the end of the day, uh, in throughout my career, this is what I learned the most. 
um, it's about thinking process, it's abstract. Um, you need to pull different resources, either people, either um, or, or even assets or whatever it is. You try to find a common solution, either by yourself or throughout the team. At the end of the day, it's about, it's about this, having the uh, ability to formulate the problems and then also try to work um, and format the solution as well. I think that's what I learned the most. Um, not only that though, it's also my the ability to work with people from different culture. Um, one of the big advantage as international students when you're in Perth, um, everyone is different than you, right? So you not only study on the campus, just like what we can touch right? you also learn outside the campus. So people, the interaction when you go to calls, <laughs> going to Woolies, um, you also learn from, from the habit or even just a random conversation with the bus stop. It's a big learning opportunity for you. Um, you expose yourself to different culture. And one of my mentor told me, and this is also the reason why I moved to Spain after I went to Australia. If you would like to learn the most, try to find a culture that you've never been exposed to. So when I moved to um, Spain, I didn't speak the language. I have no idea um, about anything at all. I moved there, so I also learned as a person. So I, I also encourage, as like Ben Kantashi before, to be out there, to learn from other people, um, because you're going to be amazed what you're going to learn from other people as well. Um, mm -hmm. And third, what I would say, it's also on the, the quality work. Um, the, what I also learned, right? Um, in uni and anything that you do, there's going to be a grade. Uh, it's, it's almost an instant grade you got this luxury of getting a grade and back then probably hated, uh, but now I probably appreciate it. Why? When you be out there now working, the feedback wouldn't be so instant. So being in, in university is the same environment, right? You maybe get a credit, you get a distinction, but it's instant. You know exactly when and what went wrong and what went right, but the grade is not important. The most important thing is the, what have you put into the, to the assignment or the test? And then you kind of know the outcome. And it, the main thing for me is learning about yourself, about how you learn. And then um, that's gonna help you to pick up the foundation for your future. Probably the other thing I want to talk about is the, uh, my experience outside of um, UWA as well. Um, I took the opportunity to do something that I never done before, uh, playing rugby. Um, I have no idea. so. Um, I mentioned to other panel before that I play rugby, um, but not for UWA. I, I used to live in the Netherlands. Um, I live across the Netherlands rugby club. So one day I have this crazy idea. It's like, ah, it seems to be fun, right? So I decided to went down and basically just say, can I join? Um, cut the story short. I, it was a preseason and at the end of the season, I was able to play for the team. We went to grand final and we won. Of course, I didn't start it, but I was part of the team. And then uh, because of that, I also called by the Indonesian national team um, that the following year. Uh, you never know. And then it, it, this kind of things, it's, it's something that um, you try to expose yourself and try to get learning out of it. Because when I play rugby, you not only learn about the sports, but also the collegial feeling and also how to work with the team. Everyone has their role within the team. Uh, myself is a uh, bench warmer. But there's a few occasions that I play at the last minute and actually made the impact. Um, but 
and I still remember what my coach told me. It's like everyone has their role in the team, including me, even though it's a small part, but it's also maybe part that helped me to win the uh, tournament anyway. Right? That's, that's for me. Fantastic. Thank you, Alba. That was really valuable. So I suppose you talked there about self-awareness, which is so important in the workplace and in the context of being in a new country and working, uh, you know, within a multicultural environment, because increasingly in the workplace, we're, we're a global community, whether that be face-to-face -face or virtual global community. So that's uh, that, that really is very helpful. And um, uh, my next question is to Jonah, which ties in with one of our questions. A student have said, you know, it's difficult to get a, a job uh, with the student visas, even with the restrictions relaxing and more, uh, you know, they said, uh, the, the uh, person asking the question, they said it's, they find it difficult. So Jonah, I think that ties in with your, uh, what I'm going to ask you is how did you manage to secure that first job and, and the obstacles that you had to overcome um, as a, you know, international a student to secure that opportunity? Uh, Isabel, I think I'll speak to that directly as well. Um, I would say that, so my job right now, I'm a recruitment consultant and I do um, recruitment, especially for local companies that we have here. Um, I would say that the largest piece of advice if you're graduating soon is to get your graduate visa as soon as possible because you're right, a lot of companies wouldn't consider um, international students or people on student visas purely because there's a very nearby expiry date. So if you're looking for a permanent, okay, part-time and contracting work aside, if you're looking for your first full-time permanent opportunity, you'll need a long-term visa of two to three years before most companies will consider you just on a logistical standpoint. And also because graduate visas, you don't have restrictions on working hours or anything like that. And you'll find that a lot of companies don't necessarily want to deal with it. And I would say that if you're looking to do something during your holidays, either do a unpaid internship because you know how hard it is to get a paid internship but do it in like right into companies and ask for the opportunities to actually learn from them and to actually volunteer your time there as well um i would say that that's the biggest way to mitigate it for me um how did i manage to get my first job not gonna lie it's a huge struggle because i graduated at the end of 2020 that's the back of COVID. even though we're very lucky in perth did not uh did not actually get much of the effects of COVID. um unfortunately it means that the market is really tight especially for fresh graduates without much experience um when i was waiting to get a job i took about a year to actually land a real job as my Asian parents like to refer to an office job as, you know, like a job that's official and things like that. I actually held down three part-time jobs in the meantime. So in the morning, I worked in a hotel. In the afternoon, I worked in a restaurant and a bubble tea shop. And then at night, I worked in Crown Casino. So I think it's about keeping yourself busy, giving yourself the flexibility to continue going for job interviews and also um, actually actively applying because a lot of times you feel dejected after you get your first five rejections, the first 10 rejections, you will start to doubt yourself and you start to think like, hey, maybe I can't find a job. So I would say that just continue applying for it and continue actively doing so. Read the job description. Can you actually do this? Or does the role title just sound fancy? So actively do it. And that's 
the best advice they can get. Because you, if you don't try, you'll never know as well. And I actually ultimately left my um, the first job that I got because of some of the comments that I faced as an international student and as an expat. So what I actually, um, the reason why I left was because one of my bosses literally said to me that one of the directors of the company actually said to me that I'm only doing the job for a visa. I think as an international student, um, that's shocking for me because I, I came from Singapore. It's a Chinese majority uh, country. I've never dealt with any kind of prejudice against me or against my status because I was always Singaporean. I was always like a Chinese girl living in that environment. So that made me realize that, hey, like there are certain perceptions that are tied to being an expat, certain expectations or um, perceptions of you as an international person. They think that, you know, maybe you want to stay or maybe you're leaving soon. That's deeply unfortunate. But what I would do differently is to be very firm in my answers, especially when battling against some of these negative stereotypes or perceptions. And that's how I would try to overcome that. But unfortunately, now I'm in a company that loves me and loves the work that I do. So that's good as well. And I think what I wish I knew back then was A, getting my graduate visa as soon as possible because now I know that you know they won't consider you if you're on a temporary or bridging visa. They'll probably only consider you when you get your full um your full graduate visa. And also as much as it's cliche, um believing in yourself and constantly going about uh, the process of looking for a job, interviewing, making an active effort. Because I do know so many people who give up after the first few uh, times that they get rejected. And then, yeah, but I've decided to stay in Perth and hopefully I'll be here for many more years. And if you ever have any queries, you can approach me on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to help. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, great, Jonah, to hear that you've overcome uh, a challenge that you faced with one employer, and, uh, but now that you've found an organisation that, you know, really values you. So, uh, you know, that's a great outcome. And I think just going back to your point that you said you held down three uh, part-time jobs, uh, you talked about internships because somebody asked in the chat how important is it to have you know, part-time job or a casual job. Uh, from, from our experience at the Career Centre, we're engaging with many different types of employers from small to medium to large organisations. I would say without a doubt, uh, having some type of work experience doesn't have to be related to the role you're applying for, but just having some understanding of Australian workplace culture. So if you have a part-time and job in a cafe or working at McDonald's or anything that can be really helpful when you're then looking for graduate employment. So having that experience uh, is you know not easy to fit it all in, even if it's during the the uh, study break. Uh, sorry, semester breaks. Um, it it really adds valuable uh, value to your resume as part of your job search. And uh, Jonah, you mentioned you know student giving up. Uh, I just wanted to let you all know that career support is available for all international students at the UWA Career Centre. We can chat to you via Zoom or face-to-face -face if you prefer to just, if you find that you're not getting the roles, you're getting rejections, please come and have a chat, make an appointment and we can run through and review your application. So just know that there is support. So thanks. Now, my next question is to Bjorn. 
somebody asked in the beginning, what were the other experiences that, uh, that are valuable or important besides clubs and societies? So Bjorn, did you attend any networking or employer events or were you involved in any UWA student clubs while you were here? Yep, actually, I, I was from Curie Hall back then, which is, I believe, is the uni hall right now. So I was one of the first batch that, you know, uh, went in to enjoy, you know, the premium suite studio in uni hall. So I remember I stayed in block J level four. I remember that 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 was what I could remember. So I indeed, I attended a lot of uh, networking events as well. And uh, as well as a lot of societies uh, such as Australia, ACYA, Australian Chinese Youth uh, Association, something like that. So uh, I, I, I met a lot of people, but one of the key, key points that uh, I made was, you know, looking back at all those, you know, networking events, all those societies that I joined. Actually, uh, as, as a student, we, we should get ourselves to explore as much as possible, especially during this opportunity. We, do, we wouldn't know which opportunity will actually eventually leads us to something that is greater. But however, looking back, because I joined too much back then, so I joined a lot of networking events, I joined a lot of societies, I talked to a lot of people. And ultimately, the connections that you made probably is just one or two of them will be useful for your career in the future. Same goes to you know, what's happening right now uh, uh, for myself, happening in the workplace or you know, in the business world. There are a lot of networking events. You know, everyone will invite you to some sort of you know drinking session or networking session every single day. But you have to be selective. You have to strike a balance between you know what is you know uh, useful for you. And if you just want a pure enjoyment, you know, from you know clubbing nights and all, you can go for it because you are allowed to make uh, mistakes during uni time. Um, my advice to you is like just like what everyone have been sharing. You should get yourself out there and get a job and try on the real life experience on what is actually like when you are working uh, in the workplace because it's very, very different. What we learn from the university as compared to a society because uh, UW actually um, give us a lot of you know, practical experience as well as a lot of uh, uh, theoretical experience as well. But get yourself out there, get a job and try to understand what is the culture like. It's one of the most important things. It really, really open up your mind if you start working. Where after you start working, right? I remember the first time I opened my eyes uh, to whatever that is teaching in UWA is after my first vacation job as an internship in Ernst Yang as well. So it really opens up my mind, uh, how is it like in the real world? So once you get an experience, get a gist on, you know, how is it like to really, really work on uh, an organization, right? It really uh, allows you to apply all the knowledge, you know, uh, it, it, it is really relatable, you understand why are you learning this. So no matter what job it is, my recommendation is, you know, go to all the, you know, all the societies, get, get to meet all the people, even though 95% uh, to 99% of them, probably you wouldn't meet them in the future. That's from the bottom of my heart. 99% of them, you will never meet them ever again from a networking session just that one percent perhaps that's your opportunity so my recommendation is go out there make as much mistake as possible and get a job you know no matter what job it is maybe like jonah you can go to you know be a receptionist or you know work in bubble tea shop wherever just go out there and know people or maybe you know anywhere you can do 
All right. Uh, I think that's all for me. If anyone want to add up, uh, you know, on the comments, uh, please feel free. Fantastic. That's really valuable. And just reiterating the point of having some local experience. Uh, the market is very strong at the moment. So for, for those students who haven't had the opportunity to have a local experience, if you, you know, if you are able once exams are over to get a part-time or casual job, it can really uh, help you in the future, just having some of that uh, local work experience. That's great. Um, so now I'm just uh, gonna ask you all, uh, what would be your one piece of advice uh, that you would like to offer uh, students. So what, if they're looking for their dream job, which everybody is here who's a, attending, what's one piece of advice that you would like to offer them? So I'll, I'll start with you, um, Bjorn, since you're already here. Uh, one piece of advice, okay. Um, I know it's a bit of cliche, but uh, step out of your comfort zone. Uh, believe it or not, I started off as an introvert myself. I, my first language is Chinese. So when I went to Australia, I don't know how to speak English. And, you know, I mixed with, you know, like Jonah, I mixed with a lot of Singaporean. They teach me how to speak, you know, proper, not so proper, so English. All right. So that is how I started to practice. And eventually now uh, I'm a trainer for living. So uh, I think you need to really step out of, step out of your comfort zone because um, I got this opportunity actually in the uni time. Uh, there's this session, you know, about finance. Uh, they asked me to be MC, you know, for a guy, for an introvert that could barely speak English, right? You ask them to be an MC. So for most, most of the people probably, oh, they will say, oh, I got COVID. I couldn't, I need to rest at home or whatever. They give you thousands of excuses. But for me, I just want to take on the opportunity to try on to see if I really, I can make it or not. And eventually, guess what? I took on the opportunity as an MC. I, I, I did very badly, but I enjoyed. So I, I, that, that was some, of, some sort of achievement that I made during that session. And it actually leads up to the next opportunity probably another speaking opportunity that I have. And because of this first, very, very first opportunity that I got and I jump onto it, that leads to the next one. So my recommendation to you is always take on whatever opportunity. Uh, we are still young. I am still young as well. I'm still taking on opportunity as well. So we are still young. You know, when opportunity come into our way, we just grab it, we just seize it. You know, you will never know what will happen in the future. So uh, the most important thing is to take action. Okay. And, and like you said, step out of your comfort zone or be brave and just, uh, you know, try the opportunities that you have while you're at university. So, uh, Eloise, have you got one piece of advice, uh, you know, how to secure that dream job after university? Yeah, I guess there's like, my advice is just reaching out. Just don't be afraid of reaching out because you will never ever know the network around you who will help you. It's from my experience, like when I was studying in UW and I, I remember like it was like, I was looking for a vocational job, like internship when, uh, in my first master. So actually I reached out to my professor that time of one of my units and I was like, hey, like I'm just looking for an uh, internship opportunity. And, would you recommend any like places to me? So he replied my emails right after. So I was like, yeah, actually I do have this uh, internship opportunity. You can try. 
so that's how I secure my first like a proper job if on like internship and become a part-time job when I was in Perth which is like quite like uh I would say unbelievable for me especially I'm an international student then I remember after I graduated so and I would return back home and because I don't really have like working experience because I uh, studied my master right after my bachelor so I didn't have any like working experience, proper working experience in China. So it was still a challenge for me because I don't have this like um, connection here, but I did like reach out again to my friends back home and say, hey, like I'm back and full of like, uh, have an international degree, but I'm not sure, do you have any like opportunity to introduce to me? So, and I won't say I'm lucky, it's just like, I will tell the people like who I reach out, what I want and what I'm capable of. Just let them know. And I'm sure they will find a right place for you. Even if it's not your dream job, but at least you can sort of like fit into like different spots and sort of like gradually move on to your like dream job. And maybe in the future, like you will find actually what you really want to do is not what you thought before. Yeah. Oh, that's great advice there, Eloise, to sort of be open to opportunities and that your first job after graduation may not be your dream job, but maybe you're working towards that dream job. That's fantastic. Uh, Albert, do you have any uh, nugget of advice that you would say to uh, students listening how they, um, you know, how they could secure the dream job um, that you could share with the students? Well, I think it's a combination between Bjorn and also Elise, right? But um, I would say from my, pers my perspective, um, I didn't secure my dream job <laughs> at the end, but I, I took something that came my way, um, but probably something I would like to answer a bit differently. So I faced two times in my, in my life that I find it so hard to find a job. The first one is after I graduated from UWA. It took me almost six months um, in order for me to secure a job. I didn't count how many applications that I sent. Um, I basically, well, I'm not quite sure about the process now, but back then I had 18 months in order for me to secure uh, like a temporary visa. Um, and then basically I knew if I didn't get a job by February that year in, yeah, then I basically couldn't get 12 months work experience Then I wouldn't be able to stay in Australia. Cut the story short, I'm, I got a six month temporary job uh, for someone on maternity um, leave. But it was in the, like I mentioned before, it was from CBH group, um, six months become 12 months. And then I become a full-time in the strategy department that I want to be anyway. So I want to become a consultant, but then I basically become a consultant, but internally within a company. Um, you make my, your own dream job after you find your first um, your first job, basically. The same thing happened when I did my MBA. Um, when I moved to Spain, um, this one, this time I count, I sent close to 2,000 applications. I didn't, um, I don't remember anymore how many um, rejection that I got, how many interview that I got. At the end, I got three um, interview, oh, sorry, three job offers at the end of the, um, the season or the MBA. 
But luckily and finally, I took a job that I didn't apply to, which is Airbus. So I was headhunted at the very end. And then they basically give me an offer that <laughs> when I look back, if I didn't make any application, I'll be fine. <laughs> but that is, uh, that's not part of a story, right? So I think you have to control your own narrative and also control your own destiny. Try your best, but you never know. You only need one, one people uh, or one job uh, to, be, to get this um, air quotes dream job. But yes. you have to work and make your luck. Absolutely, and and the, and I suppose and the value of you know job search. What's the most effective way to spend your time? And uh, usually it's networking rather than submitting Agreed. applications. It's all about the network. And if you're new to Australia or you're moving back home, it's really uh, building that network uh, through UWA in your home country and then if you are in uh in perth then you know tapping into the uwa uh, alumni to to build and grow your network because people would always rather hire from a referral rather than an application so true now thank you uh we have just going to hear from uh uh venkatesh have you got a, a piece of advice before we wrap up we've got a couple of questions to respond to yeah thank you jacqueline so one word one three word advice is find a mentor for me that has been a great blessing because as part of my uw mba program for matched one by one with a mentor my mentor happened to be the chief technology officer of uw at that point of time by working with her one by one she offered me a paid project in one of her departments which was really really valuable to me and there was one thing which was told to us in the mentoring program that there's no limit to the number of mentors you can have you can have as many mentors in as many fields in as many companies as you, as you can so if for example if you're applying for a role in pwc find a mentor which you, whom you admire reach out to them over email or through linkedin and set up a one-to-one -one meeting with them and this meeting is called an informational interview. This is different from a job interview. In a job interview, the person asks you the question, interviewer asks the question, you answer those questions. In an information interview, you ask the question and your mentor answers those questions. So you can ask your mentor, how is it to work in that company? How was your experience like? What's your culture of the company like? That makes the mentor more aware that perhaps you are curious to work in that company. And that's what makes you stand apart from the rest of the candidates who did not even bother to reach out to that mentor. So my three word advice is find a mentor. Thank you. Uh, that's so helpful. And I've just popped there in the uh, in the Q&A. Uh, that ties in really well because we have the career mentoring program. I'm not sure if you uh, students are aware of that. So that's just being launched. So that's a six month program uh, where all students can be matched one on one with a mentor for six months, just as you did uh, Venkatesh. Uh, so that's still open. So I've just put the uh, I've just put the link to the website. So if you're interested in having a mentor, we still still have over uh, 80 mentors are still available at the moment. So it's, it's so valuable for that uh, network and local experience. Okay, just want to, uh, anybody, does anyone have a CPA? It's a couple of questions there. I think no. 
They I don't. Am. Sorry. Be having. I, I I had three papers, but I didn't complete it. <laughs> sure. And then yeah. somebody else said, uh, "What's the graduation visa, and what do you need to do to prepare for it?" I think Jonah is the best person to answer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So um, for graduate visa, you need to get the 485. If you type that into Google now, I'm assuming you're on your laptop, just type that into Google now. It's the 485 visa, and that's the pathway that you need to take to stay here after your student visa. All right. Um, with regards to that, you need to do like a medical examination. You need to do criminal checks. You need to do like quite a few steps before you can even lodge a successful application. The cost is about three to 4,000, depending on whether you're doing it yourself or if you're going through an agent. And at the same time, um, before you get it, there'll be a few months gap before you get the actual full graduate visa. And before that, it's a bridging visa. But a bridging visa is a temporary visa while a student graduate visa is a long-term um, visa that is like two to three years. I think that's about all you need to know for now, but I just type that in. All the information is on the immigration website. Fantastic, Jonah, that's great. So just yeah, Google us. And uh, we're very uh, privileged uh, that uh, Associate Pre Professor Warwick is going to talk about the CPA. So he's going to respond because um, he's the subject expert. Thank you, Warwick. Uh, right, good. Hopefully you can see and hear me. Um, yeah, I, I'm a chartered accountant, so CA. Um, I think um, in terms of the global opportunities, CA is probably a better qualification to to. Uh, to look at. Um, that's because if you're a chartered accountant, you can pretty much operate in just about any of the sort of typical Commonwealth countries, right? So um, Hong Kong, uh, the UK, Scotland, Canada, South Africa. Um, I was having a quick look, I think even places like Japan and the US, right? Um, the one place I'm not that sure about is, is China. So um, I'm not sure, CPA might have a bigger yeah. presence in China, that I'm not sure about, but I did think that ACCA was the, the bigger um, accounting grouping or accounting qualification uh, in, in the Chinese market. Um, but I think outside of China, uh, CA is probably the better qualification. With, within Australia, I mean, I like to think CA is better, but to be honest, probably in Australia, they, they, they're quite close, right? There's probably not a huge difference uh, between those two. Fantastic. That's really great. So uh, I think we've come to the end of our session. Uh, it's absolutely fabulous. Uh, uh, we'd really like to thank Warwick, um, Albert, Ray, who joined us earlier from Twitter, Bjorn, Eloise, uh, Jonah and uh, Venkatesh. And Josh, would you like to add any final words? No, Josh is fine. So thank you everyone for joining us globally. Thanks for the panel for joining us globally. And we really hope that you uh, gained a better insight as to your uh, career, your career pathways and the opportunities from, from hearing from other UWA alumni who have had, uh, you know, been in the same position as you. And uh, if you need any more support, 
Um, of course, we're always there to help you either through the Career Centre or connecting with UWA alumni, either in Perth or your home country. Anything else you'd like to add, Warwick? No, so just thank you to you, Jackie. So, and uh, again, my thanks also to Ray and the panellists. Um, I found it very informative, so thank you for your time. Um, I hope uh, the students found that useful and um, uh, I think there's just one or two things I, I thought might be worth pointing out. I also I think, Ray, you mentioned you were wanted to become an investment banker. I was the same. I actually worked for an investment bank for 18 months and I hated it, right? And, and the last thing I wanted to do when I left uni was uh, become a teacher. And here I am today working as a teacher, working as an academic. Uh, but I should point out that uh, it took me 18 months to, to find this job. So uh, I think uh, uh, as some of the speakers have said, you've got to be tough, you've got to hang in there, you've got to be resilient, you've got to keep trying, but you've also got to be open to, to new opportunities. So good luck to you, good luck uh, with the rest of your degrees, good luck with your job hunting, and, and hopefully we'll see some of you around campus. So thanks for joining us tonight and uh, good evening.